the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Sakara Bell and once again we are here to pick the bones out of all the aspects of the women's game domestically and internationally. Coming up on today's episode, United have the arse as they go down in North London. The Vixens earn their spurs. A look back at the announcement of all league football below the championship is set to be declared incomplete. And we look ahead to this week's Champions League ties and Wales' new appointment. Joining me to look back on all the action is Liv Griffiths. Hi, Liv, how are you today? Hi, Skara, all good. And it's our very own producer, Luke, in the other chair. Hi, Luke, how are you? Hi, Sakara, very well. Well, let's have a look back at the midweek action shall we Chelsea capped off a fantastic seven days following on from progression in the Champions League and winning the Conti Cup last weekend they faced a tough test as they traveled to Everton comfortable victory for Emma side despite a missed penalty early on by Melanie Loopholes as Fran Kirby continued that epic streak of hers in front of goal to net the opener second half goals from Pernal Harder and loopholes gave them a comfortable victory. Luke, you were at the game on Wednesday night. What did you think? Yeah, as you said, Sakar, it was a really comfortable victory for Chelsea in the end. I mean, uh, they could have taken a lead as early as the second minute when they won a penalty. And like you say, uh, loopholes missed that. It was, a, it was a really good save. Everton kind of huffed and puffed all the way through. Uh, but great three ball to Frank Kirby. She didn't look like missing, to be honest with you. Second half, Everton came out and had a bit bit more of a goal. They looked a bit more threatening. Uh, and Catherine Berger to make a couple of really good saves. Um, but ultimately, Chelsea's quality told in the end. A quick plug of our social media. If you go to our Instagram page, The Women's Football Podcast, there is lots of content on there, including interviews with Everton's Claire Emsley and manager Willie Kirk following the Chelsea game. Also, give us a look on Twitter as well at TWFP1 and also our YouTube channel. Again, it's The Women's Football Podcast. Subscribe there to get exclusive content. Well, it's been two years since Barclays first started sponsoring the WSL, which was the first title sponsor in Europe. It's Barclays' goal to put football in schools for girls by 2024. I mean, that's an incredible movement to happen. It's something that's needed and that we can all look forward to. Exciting times ahead for women in football, guys. Man City also had an away trip as they headed down to the West Country to play Bristol City. It was a comfortable victory for the Sky Blues as they also won by three goals to nil, thanks to goals from Caroline Weir, Ellen White and Sam Mewis. That win keeps City on Chelsea's coattails, just two points behind. Liv, I'll come to you first. It's tied at the top now, isn't it? It's almost a case of who blinks first. Yeah, absolutely. I think you summed it up perfectly there. You know, I think we talked about... The fact that the top two, Chelsea and Man City, will be playing each other um, in in the next month or so, and you, and you do feel like that's going to be the decider. I think Man City, once again, you know, they watched, well, they didn't watch Chelsea, but anything Chelsea could do, they could do it just as well by equaling the same scoreline. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like their 10th win in a row, and you just feel like they're unstoppable, and they're having a tremendous season, you know, like uh, they brought in some... Fantastic players. Chloe Kelly is all of a sudden in the prime of her life on that wing. And um, yeah, I think Bristol were a little hard done by. They definitely did better this tie than the other other, other tie, the other way around last time they played, played Man City. Um, so yeah, it was it was good all around. But uh, 
it's going to be an interesting tie. Hopefully we can get there next month as well to go see it. Oh, yeah. What a dream. It seems so far away. <laughs> Luke, if both of these sides do progress in the Champions League, it's about who will cope with the workload better, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fixture congestion, especially if both or one of them get to the final. I think there's about 10, 10 league games left. So you've got the Champions League games in amongst that. So you'll be playing three times a week. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's who's got the better squad, who can utilise that squad better as well. Both Chelsea and Man City have got fabulous squads, really big squads as well. And yeah, there's just a point in it. So it depends who, who blinks first, as we mentioned earlier. It was also a big night down at the bottom of the WSL. West Ham lifted themselves off foot off the table on goal difference and were replaced by Bristol City. It could have been so much better for the Hammers as they were leading Birmingham City until the very last kick of the game when Ruby Mace popped up in the fourth minute of stoppage time to to secure a draw for the Blues, converting a superb cross from Sarah Maley. Emily Van Egmond and Katarina Zvitkova cancelled out Emily Murphy's opener and had looked to have secured by three points. Liv, rumours are circulating that Oli Harder is already under pressure at West Ham. The three points would have been a mass would have been massive for everyone involved, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption to make. I think when they appointed Oli Harder, they thought that it was going to be plain sailing, you know, just finish mid-table. And now all of a sudden they find themselves in a relegation battle with the likes of Bristol and Aston Villa. And this was a game on paper that they probably could have taken three points and to lose it in the fashion that they did um, kind of just speaks volume of the sort of season that they're having. Not to mention, they they also let quite a few of their players go out on loan to the likes of Spurs and Everton, which, you know, isn't really going to help their case because these players are also playing pretty well for the new club. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing for West Ham. I, I would be very nervous if I was a Hammers fan right now. The pressure is still on Aston Villa as well as they fell to a home defeat to Brighton. A first half goal from Aileen Wellen set the Seagulls on the way as she bundled in after Villa goalkeeper Lisa Vice failed to hold Megan Connolly's shot. Vice was involved again as she needlessly brought down Kaylee Green and Anessa Kagman stepped up to convert. The win moves Brighton up into sixth place while Villa remained third bottom on 10 points. Luke, good run of form for Hope Powell's side, isn't it? I think that's a fourth fourth straight win now. Yeah, they're in a they're in a good run of form and any sort of relegation fears that they, they would have had has now been certainly erased and they'll be looking up the table. They're not really going to trouble the top five or anything like that, but a strong start to season will stand them in good stead for next season. And of course, they've got the FA Cup as well. They could be maybe dark horses for that this year. Liv, Villa will be nervously looking over their shoulders, won't they? Even though they do have the comfort of having games in hands on Bristol though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is, it's very easy for us to say that they should be concentrating on themselves. But the likes of Bristol, who, yes, they were they were heavily defeated by Chelsea in the Conti Cup, but they've had some form of consistency in the last five, six or six games that they've had. So even though they will have two games in hand over them, it's it's not going to be easy. And every point is, you know, vital at this stage. So, yeah, they should be very wary, not just Bristol, but West Ham on their tails. Just two games this weekend. On Friday evening, Arsenal took on Man United in front of the BT Sport cameras. 
It was two early goals in each half, which settled matters for Arsenal. They got off to a flying start when Jill Rod's cross-come shot deflected off Millie Turner, who was unfortunate to be credited, credited with, the, with the own goal. Then five minutes into the second, Lottie Woban Moy powerfully headed home a corner to make it two. Things looked like it might be getting a bit difficult for the Gunners as Beth Mead was sent off for her second yellow card. But Arsenal held out comfortably in the end to move within three points of United. Liv, massive win for Arsenal. It reignites the Champions League hopes, doesn't it? Yeah, huge win. I mean, the thing is, for as good as Arsenal were, you kind of have to ask yourself, where have they been? They've sort of taken their foot off the off the pedal for so long now, and they really showed up and t- turned on the intensity against Man United. It was, you know, at times I was thinking, am I watching football or am I watching wrestling? It was very aggressive between the two sides. So they looked very comfortable throughout, though. I mean, there were a few... Chances for Man United, especially Lauren James, having the best of them. But even though they went down to 10 women, um, it just shows sort of how clinical they are and how together they were as a squad. And, you know, it was it was definitely a positive for them. Luke, the difference was one team took their chances and the other just simply didn't. United missed a lot of good chances, barely hitting the targets on some occasions. And that was key, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a chance, especially in the first half, where I think Lauren James was on the edge of the D. She had all the goals to sort of run into, really, but she she elected to shoot and put it miles over the bar. And I think I think United only had one proper shot on target, and even that, it was comfortable for the goalkeeper. So yeah, they got into some good good positions, but just didn't make the most of it at all. Whereas Arsenal were, were clinical, and and for once they didn't have to rely on Vivian Miedemar to get the goals for him. And Casey Stoney was critical of Arsenal's physical approach, especially of the approach towards Lauren James and, and called the refereeing of Amy Fern atrocious. Although she didn't use it as an excuse for the defeat, do you think she has a point? Yeah, there was a couple of times where Lauren James really got cleaned out and there was no sanction given. And you saw Casey Stoney having a word with the referees as she walked off at halftime. And maybe that did have a bit of an influence because Beth Mead did get uh, sent off in the end. She got a second yellow card. To be fair, it was deserved. It was two late tackles. And I don't think Arsenal had much complaint. But contrast that to Joe Montemore, who was kind of very zen-like. He just kind of went, well, I don't really take much... Uh, notice of referees I just like let them get on with it it was um, a complete contrasting styles and and maybe a lot of it was Casey Stoney maybe just feeling not under pressure as such but obviously they're on a bit of a bad run and she should be scratching her head on uh, on, on what to do next as she says she didn't use that as an excuse but she just wanted a bit more protection for her players Liv United this, se- this season seems to be unraveling a little bit now doesn't it Arsenal on their coattails with, with a game in hand yeah, it is. I mean, I, I was always sceptical at this time of the season, whether they would start to fatigue and the likes of, you know, press and tune, they just, they look completely burnt out. And it just showed like the squad rotation in comparison between the likes of not just Arsenal, but Chelsea, Man City, whereas Casey's quite, I think the word is maybe loyal. She's quite loyal to her starting eleven, And I think it just came back to bite her this time. And they're really missing like Tobin Heath, who when she came in was very influential to that squad. And well, yeah, I, I do feel like perhaps Arsenal are going to overtake them soon. But even even now, I still think Man United are overachieving. It's it's not a bad season for them. But of course, when you were sitting first, you know, a couple of months ago, of course, 
fans are going to want a bit more from her and more from the squad. So, yeah, we'll have to see how this one pans out as well. Arsenal's North London rivals took on Bristol City in what was a huge game at the bottom of the WSL. It was looking bleak for the Vixens as they conceded early into Serie Worm. But their newfound resolve meant that they had hung in there and Welsh striker Gemma Evans got the level up seven minutes into the second half to earn a well-deserved point. Liv, great point for Bristol City and the stats show that they were more than a match for Spurs, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was um, I watched the highlights of this game and I wanted to get a rundown of the stats that you talk about. And I think this is the first game in so many for Bristol where the possession they had was 46 percent. Now, the Bristol we're used to seeing squander their sort of possession. They normally have 20, 30 percent max and they're always going for the counter attack. That's just their style of football. Who are we to sort of judge it? It's, It's clearly wasn't working so much and um, Matt Beard's come in now and you just feel like they have this new set of confidence with them. I think Bristol for me, they're like the naughty school kids who haven't done their homework and now all of a sudden it's a bit of a scramble to get it all done. And well, you know what, it's working. You know, the last five, six games, they've really been picking up points and this was a good point away from home to um, Rianne Skinner's team who kind of just faltered in the last couple of months, but are safely like mid-table, so we're not really playing for anything. So, yeah, very enjoyable game and very happy for Gemma Evans. You know, I I saw her play uh, around December against Redden and she's just a warrior in that defence and it speaks volume when you look at captain who can sort of bring you out from the shadows and uh, really give it a good go. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but come on, Bristol, I'm really rooting for you. <laughs> Luke, Matt Beard will be shrewd enough, won't he, to know that it's not the games against the likes of Chelsea and Man City which will keep them up, but it's the games against teams just, just above them like Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the teams against West Ham, Spurs, Aston Villa, even Reading, who they beat the other week. Um, but they showed improvement, as we mentioned earlier on in midweek, that the fact that they only lost 3-0 to Manchester City, and it shows that they are competing and they're certainly now going into games against teams around them, feeling that they can get something off them, which has proved that today. And it's now moved them out of the relegation zone, which psychologically is a massive boost. We meant, we talked about it earlier, how it would have been a bit of a blow for them to drop into it with West Ham, having a psychological advantage. Well, West Ham are back now in that bottom spot. And some good news for Spurs. The FA said in a statement, an independent tribunal has determined that Birmingham City's unfulfilled fixture against Tottenham Hotspur and the WSL on the 10th of January 2021 will not be replayed and three points will be awarded to Tottenham. The three points now move Spurs seven points clear of the relegation zone. In response, Blues general manager Sarah Westwood said that we feel very strongly and that we made the right decision not to take the team to the match and look to seek support from the FA for which we felt was excruciating circumstances in which we put the duty of care to our players and staff at the forefront of our decision making. We fought to get the match rearranged so that the results could have been played out competitively on the pitch and the result of the independent tribunal is met with great disappointment. Liv, what are your thoughts on this? Disappointing, to be honest. Um, Where are the guys who make Sunderland Till I Die and the Spurs documentary? Because they really need to get a camera crew out to Birmingham. You know, they've they've really had like a really difficult season, not just with, you know, not having a full squad, um, not having a fully like usable pitch. 
Um, they've also had the COVID sort of like takeover. And yeah, now this, and it, it's kind of, you know, Spurs is probably a game where they could have taken points for them. And now it, br- it brings them down into a potential relegation battle as well. So, you know, I have to be careful about what I say with the FA because it is the governing body, but I just like to see some consistency from them. You know, like it's what we need to remember is football once upon a time used to be a working class game. It was for the people. And now it just feels like it's for whoever's got the most money. So the likes of Man City, Chelsea, if this happened to them, do I think they would have had to surrender three points? Well, I'll leave that to my viewers to decide because I'm not going to get involved. But I will just say, yeah, for me, consistency. But Spurs will take the three points. Don't worry, Liv. You're not going to get a one-game touchline ban for saying something against the FA. Hey, i got to be careful, you know. I work for a broadcaster. They might sack me. (laughs) It is harsh. Birmingham will want to see the end of... um, the what I see at the end of this season, like Luke said, since Christmas, it's just been a bit, bit of a nightmare. Everything that's gone wrong for them could, uh, anything that could have gone wrong for them has gone wrong. And I suppose the big thing for them is it's like it's happening threes now. And they say things happen in threes, and it has now. So hopefully this is the, this is the end of that for them, and they can have a brighter end to the season. But with everything that's going on, you know, they could get dragged into that relegation battle now. Fingers crossed for them. Well, coming up this Wednesday, it's the Champions League quarterfinals. And as we mentioned last week, two tough draws for the English sides. Man City face Barcelona in the away leg, which will actually be played in Monza, Italy. That kicks off at 11.30am UK time. Luke, City need to get an away goal in this tie, don't they? They need to give themselves the best chance of progression here. Yeah, exactly. They uh, if they can get into the home leg against Barcelona without, uh, or at least if they are losing only by one goal and that they have scored, then they'll they'll take that. I think if they, if they go over there and get a draw, they'll be absolutely delighted, and a win is, is utopia. Really, you've got to remember Barcelona were the semi finalists last year, so there's a lot of tough teams left in it, and this will show Manchester City's pedigree now whether they are up to the task of winning the title or winning the Champions League by taking on someone like Barcelona and beating them over two legs? Well, Chelsea are at home in the first leg against last season's beaten finalist Wolfsburg. The match will see Pernal Harder reunite with her former teammates, having played for the German side last season. Liv, I suppose it's the opposite for Chelsea, isn't it? It's vital that they don't concede an away goal, isn't it? I think Chelsea, if, if they have to learn from their last Champions League uh, tie, it's that they don't want to go down to 10. Um, so, yes, absolutely. They do not want to concede that goal against, you know, a side that are second in their league. As you said, they were finalists, I think, just as early as last season. So it will be a tough challenge for them. But for me, just the way Chelsea are playing at the moment, they just look completely unstoppable. So, you know, as long as they can keep some of their top players quiet for the game, I, I see no reason for them to keep the score as maybe 2-3-0 if they can. Luke, you wonder if Pernal Harder will be passing on some information to the Chelsea coaching staff about her old side. Do you think that it will make a difference that she played for them last year at all? Uh, yeah, it could do in a way because obviously she'll know maybe how they set up or and they'll but they'll know about her as well. They'll know what her strengths and weaknesses are. Um, they may well be tapping her up a little bit for some information, trying to get a bit of a psychological edge. But look, Wolfsburg are a fantastic side anyway, and it will be a really tough game for Chelsea. But yeah, Pernod Harder, she'll be, she'll, be, um, she'll be up for it as well, even though she had some good years at Wolfsburg. She'll, she'll want to get one over on them. 
Do you think they'll be targeting her for the game? I don't know if they'll be targeting her as such, but uh, I, I wouldn't want to say they don't want to go out and sort of injure or anything, but equally they want to let her know that they're there, put it that way, so that she knows that she's in a game. Um, but the other players will be key as well, like Frank Kirby, G takes up different positions as well, Sam, Sam Kerr. So uh, it was interesting to see as well last Wednesday at Everton, Emma Hayes took off players like Sam Kerr after about an hour in readiness for this uh, for this Champions League tie. And they've had a week to prepare for it as well. You never know as well with Emma Hay. She might play it tactical. She might decide to give Bethany England a go just to sort of change it up. So Wolfsburg do not know how they will set up with Peniel Harder. You know, again, we talk about this incredible Chelsea squad with their rotation. So, yeah, it's something Emma might might be considering. We might not even see her on the score. Sh- uh, we might not even see her on the team sheet to begin with. It, it just depends, I suppose, if Beth England has recovered from injury. She did miss that game last week because of injury. So she, she might be a doubt for it. But like you say, if she is fit and got a chance, she might chuck her in, like you say, Liv. Well, we've got a very exciting game coming up, that's for sure. Liv, despite Wolfsburg being champions of the Bundesliga for the past four seasons, this year they're in second place and trail Bayern Munich by five points. Does this mean maybe they aren't quite the force that they have been in the past? Uh, I mean, that's the thing with sort of playing two different competitions. You know, we've seen people win the Champions League who are not necessarily top of the table. I think I can't really think of an example off the top of my head, but especially with the men's game, you know, I think Liverpool won it and they finished fourth in in the Premier League. So, no, I, I would I wouldn't sort of rule them out at all and it doesn't necessarily mean because Chelsea are top they're going to win the Champions League that's that's the beauty of football you know it's 90 minutes it's it's that atmosphere it's that sort of mentality that tact that those tactics you want to play for 90 minutes forget about what's going on in the league so no they should be very wary of Wolfsburg (sighs) so let's talk about you Actually, let's talk about me, just for a bit, because I was like you. In 40-odd years, I hadn't done much exercise, but I knew I had to start. So, I got the Couch to 5K app. From not being able to run for more than a minute, nine weeks later, I was running for half an hour. It's simple, it's free, and it's all planned out. With a little support, it's amazing what your body can do. Join thousands of monthly users. Download the free 1U Couch to 5K app now, because there's only one you. The decision was made this week by the FA to declare the season incomplete in all the leagues below the championship. This has caused much debate on social media as to whether this was the right decision or not. Some teams could be promoted by application and based on set criteria. Well, our lower league expert, Andrew Rayburn, caught up with the Wolverhampton Wanderers manager, Dan McNamara, to get his thoughts. Dan, in the last two league seasons, you've won 20 out of your 21 games. How disappointing then is it from a football perspective that you've had a second league season in a row voided? Yeah, I think it's hugely disappointing, mate. Uh, you know, as you've said, we, we've been, we've dominated the sort of that Midlands Division 1 over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, it's, it is, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's uh, kicking the teeth for me, for the girls, for, for everyone associated with Wolves. But, um, you know, it's a decision that we've we've got to we've got to respect from the FA and the National League, and and you know we we can't do anything about it. We've got to look forward now and see what uh, see what the future brings. Do you think there were alternatives that the FA could have explored? Yeah, I think there's always alter- alternatives. Uh, you know, I think um, 
ultimately, I, I think it falls it falls with the clubs. I'd love to have a chat with one of the null and void clubs and and ask them what what's their plans now for the next four to five months because uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of females out there that are currently not going to be playing football and you know if we're talking about growing and developing the female game. Uh, well, you know I, I don't think those decisions taken by those clubs are in line with that development. Um, so forget trophies and, and titles, etc. There's not, not, not going to be many females on the grass and, and that's what puzzles me, if you like. Did they make a rod for their own back a little bit with last season? Because obviously this this time round, fewer games have been played. Um, there's a lot more league fixtures to get in, plus the FA Cup, of course. But last season was the opportunity perhaps to do something a bit different, to uh, settle it on points per game or reward at least reward those teams who, like yourselves and other teams in the, in the across the pyramid, who have done, who did do well last season? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me was the was the fact that zero learning took place between last season and this season. When last season came about, you know, it was it was tough to take. You know, I think a lot of us, not just at Wolves, a lot of people across the country, we we or I certainly considered walking away from the game. You know, how how they could null and void something where so much effort and so many people's lives had been dedicated to just to, to try to achieve a, a common goal together. You know, I, I really was ready to, to walk away. So 12 months on to be in exactly the same situation. Well, not exactly the same, but, you know, in the same situation whereby we're having to know a second season. I just, I just can't believe it. I can't believe we, we haven't put something in place and, you know, they'll refer to the survey and they'll tell me the survey was the, was the backup plan. But that should have been completed before a football was kicked. You know, we, we all know that teams are voting off what was best for themselves, not what was best for female football. And and, and again, that, that that lack of lessons learned is probably the thing that gets me. I think I'm right in saying that certainly uh, certain professional leagues in the men's game took a vote or took a had you know held meetings around August September time about what the rules should be in the event of a season needing to be voided, um, uh, you know, and depending on the number of games played, et cetera, et cetera, should a decision have been taken before the start of the season then on what the rules would have been in this circumstance? Absolutely. That's what I mean. The, the survey should have been done before a ball was kicked. You know, it, absolutely. It should have been uh, clearly outlined what the plan was going to be, you know, because people wouldn't have, again, you would have give people an opportunity to to not dedicate a huge portion of their life towards it, you know. And I'm not speaking just for myself there or my staff or my players. It's you know Southampton, Ipswich. Uh, you know you've got those kind of play, uh, clubs who are as ambitious as we are. We've got Watford and Crawley and Oxford and you know Huddersfield, Fylde. You know it, it's beyond just Wolves and teams in in tier five and six as well. Um, so yeah, it's that whole learning piece for me, and I just hope as we move on now, we we can you know let's hope we can put it behind us and 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 learn. I keep going on about it, mate, but the learning piece for me that's what's got to come out of this second uh, second null and void. There is a glimmer of hope, though, isn't there, for yourselves because they have opened the door for promotion um, in in your tiers, movement between. Uh, those tiers including of course then an expanded possibly an expanded tier three tell us the situation as far as you understand it about possible promotion and do you feel as though given your record that you're a, a tier three squad currently playing in tier four yeah so firstly I think we're all just waiting anxiously waiting for guidance as you said it, it's a, a glimmer of hope it'll be a, you know a, a consolation for us but 
just alluding to your first question, and I've said it on numerous interviews that I've done so far, it's, it's not just about the tier three. It's about the moments in competitive football. Uh, and that's what gets me the most. That's what hurts me the most as a manager is is the girls having those moments that that reunite people in 25 years to come when you see the captain who's been at the club for 26 years, you know, and you talk about the moment together. So that's what really gets me. But as I said to you, there's... There's not a lot we've got, we can do now. We've got to look forward to, to hopefully what can be a successful application. Now, going towards your second question, you know, we, we've always competed. We've always competed with teams in and around that tier three. Um, so well, I'm confident. I'm always confident in my players, confident in my staff. You know, we, we'd obviously have to make some additions. You know, every club does. You have to freshen it up over the summer. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that we could we could certainly step into tier three and, and, and make an impact. I think that's the, the biggest biggest statement is, is make an impact on the league. And you've still got the, the Women's FA Cup this season um, and you'll be playing uh, Nottingham Forest from the division above. So that will give you a bit of a, a chance to prove yourselves a, a, a against teams in that level. I mean, you pushed file pretty close last year and look where they are now. Yeah, exactly, mate. We, we actually, you know, I was... Filed, we actually beat them in the, in the National League Cup, so he was delighted with that result away. And, and and obviously at home, they you know Conrad and his girls they picked us a one niller, which was another another really close game. So yeah, we you know we we're confident. We we, we played Forest pre-season and we had a you know a, a great competitive game. And look, there's anything can happen. It's an FA Cup, isn't it? You know, we're really excited. We're looking forward to it. Um, anything can happen. But you know, I, again, we just talk about how the FA have dealt with it. I'm just a Really disappointed, as will many managers, that five days preparation for, for a, a, a cup tie of that magnitude. You know, it's going to be hard enough against Forest as it is. So for us to come off the back of four months out with, with five days, six days prep is, is really not ideal. And, and I question whether they'd ask the top two tiers to, to compete in, in such a fixture after such a, a long period out. And of course, yeah, you've got to question whether the girls will be able to put it, you know, put in it. 100% and whether there's a risk of injury and that sort of thing, you know, with no friendlies to build up to it. I mean, it's like, a, a you know, you need almost a full pre-season, wouldn't you now? Yeah, exactly. You know, three and a half months out is a long old time. And, and I think this is another question again, mate, is, you know, the, the FA want the girls to go out and really compete and put in a solid performance. But if one of my girls, heaven forbid, goes out and competes and injures herself for six months, is anyone going to help her go back to work? Will anybody there to support her? getting through the injury other than Wolves, you know, will will anybody pay her, her wages if she can't work for six months? So so that's another question that's not been asked. You know, what 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 are going to be the implications of, of girls getting injured after six days of training? Uh, and and who'll be there to support them if the worst should happen? And so I, I just pray it's a, look, the, the result is almost, you know, we all want to progress. Of course we do, but the result is almost, you know, you could, you're not you're not too you don't really mind you know either way you'd just be glad to get back on the grass hope that everyone comes through it hope that it's a it's a competitive game and everybody enjoys it and and we'll take it for what it is and move on let's then finish with a couple of questions about the the, the positives around uh, the club and, and the football so first of all the FA Cup then obviously if you can win that game um, I think it's away at Watford or MK Dons, which will be another indication of, of, of you know, how far you can take it. And then if you can come through that one, another giant killing, if you like, a, a possible game then with Blackburn Rovers. And so it's, it's a nice little uh, journey you've got there ahead of you, possibly. 
Yeah, potentially, yeah. Uh, I think I've been in the role now three and a half years and I don't think I've ever had anything but uh, very hard cup ties. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think it was Blackburn first time, Sunderland second time. So, look, they're all great teams, aren't they? You know, as you step up the tiers, every team's fantastic. So, um, yeah, we'll just be looking to, you know, impose ourselves on the game and, and, and not look past Forrest. It's going to be hard enough against Andy Cook and his girls. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we get on and, and take it from there. And finally, then, what's been the local reaction to how well the team has done over the last couple of years? Yeah, we're slowly starting to build, uh, you know, great relationships with the local area in and around Wolverhampton, the city. You know, the the fans have started to back us. You know, we're getting some gate, yeah, great gate receipts now when the fans are allowed in. So, yeah, you know, the club's on a great sort of trajectory, if you like, with the men's team, you know, the success they've had over the last few years. And, and, and the way the club have backed the women's programme, you know, there's exciting things happening at Wolves and, and, and to come in line with that and the ambitions that the club are, have got, we've got to carry on doing what we are doing. And I say that because we have matched the ambitions of the football club over the last two years. You know, I think me, my players and my staff have reached the goals that they've set us. However, we haven't had the, the success and, and, and probably the, the league titles and the promotions that that ambition deserved. So, yeah, it's a great moment to be part of Wolves. You know, we're hoping to to just keep progressing and continue on the journey that we're on, and and hopefully we can we can bring many more successes. And I'm absolutely sure that you will, Dan. Thanks a lot for joining us on the Women's Football Podcast. Cheers, thanks a lot, guys. It was really interesting to hear the thoughts of Dan there, actually, Liv. And I know you kind of play football just as a bit of fun, really. But he did mention about girls maybe missing out, and the next generation of girl maybe not being quite as interested. I mean, it is. That's that's a big thing about this decision, really. Girls lower down looking to start out at, at clubs. It's um, it's not a great impression for the women's game. And do you think it will put people off? It's a it's a very difficult question. You know, I, I can only speak as a a young twenty eight year old woman. Um, do I necessarily think there's any sort of hope in women's football? And the answer is yes, I do. I I do find things are changing. You know, you've got to remember that even though these decisions that people right at the top of the game are making, they're not easy decisions, you know, and it's not going to be someone saying, let's just scrap it. There will be things like finance, there'll be coaching, there'll be, you know, sort of restrictions against them. And you have to fundamentally look at, is it safe for them to be playing? And obviously they don't necessarily think it is, um, which is also very interesting on the contrast the fact that they're going to go ahead with the FA Cup because some of these teams who were null and void now have now got to play in an FA Cup so ah, again it all comes back to this whole consistency for me and yeah until we sort of find that you know medium ground where women's football is getting financial backing and you know they can find a way to finish these leagues then perhaps people will Sakara, I mean, what's a popular sport in Australia? Because it looks like soccer, as you call it, is is probably not the future for women in this country, but you never know. Exactly right. I mean, hopefully it's it's going to kickstart soon, but we'll soon find out, that's for sure. We'll have to take up Aussie rules. Yeah, exactly. You know what? It's actually quite a fun sport, but like, you have to be so fit. I mean, if you can play soccer, football, you can play Aussie rules. Um, but yeah, we'll see. 
Also, Wales appointed a new manager this week with Gemma Granger being a rather surprising appointment for the Dragons. Granger has been in, in the England youth setup since 2007 and, and has also spent time supporting the senior setup at the 2017 Euros, in which the Lionesses reached the semi finals. She said, I want to leave a legacy for a nation that is full of pride for the women's team and a connection with the people of Wales. So, Liv, what are your thoughts on that? Well, as a Welsh woman, I'm not overly precious about the idea of someone that's not Welsh having you know, the whales sort of hot seats, shall we say, you know, she's, she's very experienced and she's been, she's been in football now for a good 10, 11 years with England. And there's no reason to sort of shut her down just because of her nationality, you know, I mean, we could talk about the fact that Phil Neville was, you know, a man and he was in charge of the lionesses and, it's just it's just a trivial thing as if you're good at your job if you qualify there's no reason for you not to have it and from what I gather just reading from you know like the news and everything is it was a welcomed appointment and you know obviously I don't think the players wanted Jane Ludlow to go but that was her choice um so you know we just got to back Gemma now and see where she can take uh the Wales team I know she really wants to take us to a you know a major tournament which would be fantastic and uh yeah perhaps i'll get the england flag tattooed on my arm or my leg if she gets us into a major tournament we'll see that's why sean, <laughs> that's why sean ed's not here because sean ed's uh got a pin in a Gemma granger doll hasn't she <laughs> <laughs> in a voodoo doll yeah exactly <laughs> well that's all we have time for today thank you live and luke for joining us it was lovely speaking to you both don't forget, guys, you can find us on Twitter at TWFP1 and on Instagram, the Women's Football Podcast. Take care and we'll chat to you again next week. <laughs>